Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. And today on Community Focus, we have guests from Camp Ripley. With us today, Mr. Tony Housie, who is in the Camp Ripley Public Affairs Office, and First Sergeant Corey Filsmeyer, who is a Camp Ripley Operations and, in Camp Ripley Operations and Training. Gentlemen, first of all, welcome to Community Focus. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Tony, maybe we'll start with you. Um, wrapping up a, a huge uh, training effort, if you will, that took you all the way to California. Is that correct? Yeah, it was a it was a big step. It was a big operation for us, uh, it, and it went through so many different phases, especially with everything that's going on now with uh, with COVID and, and the, the different practices that we're still trying to maintain. Uh, so we got a lot of our organizations uh, under the 1st Brigade Combat Team through uh, a lot of these different steps, and a lot of them happened right here on Camp Ripley uh, following the state active duty, uh, and then sent them out the door off to California for training. Wow. Now, uh, Sergeant Filsmeyer, I, I assume you were part of that operation. Well, I am. Uh, my company was part of the training in uh, in uh, Fort Irwin, California. Uh, we did a lot of training prior to, but as far as for myself, I was back at Camp Ripley supporting the isolation support facility. Okay. Well, talk about the uh, the training that went in before the trip and, and what it took to, uh, if you will, get ready to go on this adventure. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a, a long process, which starts years prior to actually moving out to NTC um, with common battle drills for uh, soldiers, um, sections, squads. Uh, it's just getting back back to the basics for the soldiers and knowing, you know, your weapons PMI and uh, running the radios and, and everything like that, uh, just to get proficient at those skills, which brings us to the, the NTC, the culminate, our culminating event, uh, which we bring that all together and, uh, you know, complete the mission. But prior to uh, June, uh, with the COVID and our distributed learning, so drilling from home, um, just preparing uh, my soldiers, our equipment, uh, with our load plans and everything like that, and, and lining them up uh, to get ready to transport on uh, on the train, the rail. Yeah, so it sounds like you, you had two main things. I mean, every individual soldier had to do Jeez. some packing on their own, <laughs> and then the group had to pack a lot of equipment that was on trains and on rails. That had to be challenging. Roger that. We had uh, 2,000 pieces of equipment that got loaded up on the train uh, right wow. from here from Camp Ripley uh, and headed down to, to Fort Irwin on nine trains. Nine? Uh, believe, <laughs> yep, nine trains. We had 250 soldiers that were um, that were uh, chaining down equipment and, uh, and everything like that. So it was a, it's, a, it's a big process. But that's one of those training processes that you do because someday you may need to move all that equipment, correct? Roger that. You know, I mean, that's that, that, that majority of uh, uh, companies, it's one of their METs to, to rapidly move uh, to be able to be uh, proficient at that. Yeah. So here we are talking about an incredible, uh, if you will, endeavor and all the while the pandemic is going on. So Jeez, while yeah. this is happening, you guys, are, I would assume, uh, are constantly testing. Tell us about the testing process that took place this summer. Roger. And with the 1st Brigade, there was roughly around 4,000 soldiers in the brigade. Wow. 
I couldn't give you a total number of how many came through and tested roughly about 3,500 soldiers, but uh, in the process, 14 days prior to the soldiers showing up to Camp Ripley for, for training, uh, we did the buddy checks. Uh, leaders called their, their sections and uh, made sure that uh, maintaining that their soldiers were maintaining social distancing and following, you know, rules and just, just to, to keep them safe because that's, that's our number one priority. Absolutely. Um, and then when they rolled in, uh, we had a, a, a medical team from uh, Fort Hood, Texas that came up and uh, ran two mobile testing labs. Um, so they would come through, they would test, and within, within the day they would have their, their tests. The first, obviously the first ones running through, um, getting the swabs were notified within probably about a half hour. Um, but other than that, it, it, it was... It was good, you know. We we kept the positives um, into our isolation support facility, the ISF. So anybody that tested positive, they they came to our facility, um, and they were they were managed and watched by uh, the uh, brigade doctors, division doctors mm-hmm. um, for the state of Minnesota, and just maintained their health. Yeah, and so I, I was going to ask if uh, once that you guys are there at Camp Ripley, does it become kind of that bubble we hear about for some of the sports that are, uh, you know, taking place in a bubble, or is there constant coming and going of other personnel from the camp? No, but I mean Camp Ripley is always going to be open to um, to uh, units training, but as far as for the safety bubble that we have, we maintain that within our within our own organization. So. My company would maintain their safety bubble and and minimize uh, exposure, exposure to to other people. So we just maintain, and that that's what we did with the isolation support facility. We took out anybody that tested positive, uh, anyone that was close contacts, or anyone that had symptoms. They were brought to, into the facility to maintain uh, the company's safety bubble. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. How long was the training? Uh, actual training in California. Uh, yeah, that but, you know that that varied depending on your unit. Like there were there were units that were that just mobilized to train and and support the units that were training. So it, it happened in so many different phases. I think in, all in total they were um, in the box as you know in in part of the exercise for uh, almost two weeks. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. So, so that's that's wrapped around all of the preparatory stuff that they had to do, all of the certifications that they had to do. They still had to do the you know qualifications on on proficiency of weapons, proficiency of vehicle operations, things like that, and the movement, and then the full staging of all their equipment. And yeah, it, it became quite an operation. <laughs> I can only imagine. You guys don't do things small, do you? <laughs> Never know. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Sergeant Phil Filsmeyer, uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, Camp Ripley's operations office. Well, Camp Ripley, uh, uh, um, our job here, our mission here at Camp Ripley is to provide superior customer service uh, with realistic training uh, for units. So, I mean, that's that's what we pride ourselves on is making sure that we can we can provide the assistance that the units that come to Camp Ripley. Uh, we provide them what they need, and and yeah. I've worked here for a little over two years, and I've seen nothing but, you know, us providing that 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 customer service. Uh, 
we work with units. Uh, we have uh, RIF, our RIFMA schedules, our first class gross, and then um, uh, Mr. Jim, Jim Krause. Uh, he works with the civilians, but just scheduling their ranges and making sure that, that they get what they need to, to complete their missions, to get their training done and to make them combat effective. So whether that's working with uh, other units that are utilizing those ranges or, uh, you know, making sure that we figure out who, who prioritizes, uh, who's the priority for that range, that's, that's, what, that's what we do. We make sure that, that units get, uh, get all that, that good training. Right, and and all while while fostering that positive community relation. Yeah, that's got to be very interesting. So a lot of logistical support, scheduling. It sounds mm-hmm. like is part of what you do. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it it's a lot, you know, and that's what we have. We have multiple people doing multiple different things. You know, we have the logistics, the logistics officer. We have the RIFMIS, the RIFMIS um, schedulers, the operations NCOs. Um, it, it's just it, it's. It's all good seeing it come together, uh, and when when a when a training exercise comes out and we get the thank you for your support, uh, it's it's a good tap on the back and you yeah. know put a smile on your face. Yeah. So, do you also have to keep, if you will, the the light bulbs uh, changed <laughs> and the toilets flushing and everything else that is involved we, in we the always, operation? We always have to do that. You know, I mean, we'll receive calls from units where where the toilets aren't flushing, so we'll have to put in uh, work requests for for them to get fixed. Oh, funny! Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of a lot of stuff that you take care of, isn't it? It is quite a bit. A lot like managing a small city. <laughs> yeah, uh, no doubt. Uh, do some of the uh, do the MPs fall under your jurisdiction as well? Yes. Yep. There. Uh, well, the the security security would. Okay. I mean, as far as for uh, uh, base security and all that, yes. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. You are a busy guy. <laughs> We are here up here at Camp Ripley. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on now that the training, uh, the NTC, is uh, is over yeah. and uh, the units and gear is returning. What's up for the rest of the summer? They're uh, they're excited about taking a little bit of a breather. <laughs> I can bet. <laughs> you know, coming right off of February and March, uh, they they rolled into COVID. They rolled into state active duty and. Um, riot control in a number of different cities and then turned around, washed their vehicles off, and rolled out to California. Wow. Uh, and they're in the process right now. So one of our big uh, key items right now is that we have uh, about a half dozen trains that are coming back uh, over the next week or so, and they will unload those that equipment and, and, uh, and start to recover that maintenance-wise and everything else. Uh, so that'll that'll be happening now. Uh, here on base, we still have a number of customers that are uh, that are conducting training in some of their classrooms. Uh, we, we won't see a number of the usual customers like uh, the uh, Department of Transportation, the snow plows, um, but we still have the Department of Natural Resources and the Minnesota State Patrol is wrapping up some of their training. Uh, we will see a lot of law enforcement training, and then uh, we'll get into the fall season when some of our uh, other units uh, will begin training. The uh, field artillery will be making a little bit of noise, and then our friends from the north, the Canadians, are going to come down and do uh, qualification training if uh, if that permits for them. Wow. Canadians, eh? <laughs> you don't slow <laughs> yeah. down at all, it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, 
Now, uh, this is kind of jumping way ahead, but actually it's not that far off when you think about it. And it's going fast. <laughs> yeah. In, in the fall, I know there's always some scheduled hunts that take place at Camp Ripley as well. Are those going to take place as usual, Tony? They are. Uh, we had really good success with uh, the turkey hunts that we did in the spring. Uh, all that while managing social distancing and, and proper CDC guidelines for uh, the interaction between people and safety protocols. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep that into effect um, uh, and, and modify that as it goes and see what we can do as far as deer hunting. How do people become a part of that and, and get on to do the hunting? Uh for the civilian hunts, like the, the ones for the DNR and uh, Central Lakes College out of Brainerd, they uh, can go through their service organizations, the VFWs and American Legions, about how to fill out applications. Okay. Uh, and if they do have questions, uh, there is information on our website through the Minnesota National Guard uh, .mil, and uh, they'll be able to find that information uh, from us as well. Very right. good. And do I understand you have uh, the Air Force still uh, utilizing the camp as well? We do. They're, you know, the, the cool thing about the Air Force is they're always getting new fancy equipment and whatnot, so they always have to have uh, <laughs> uh, blocks of instruction on how to, how to use it properly. So we're getting air crews from all over the country that are coming up here and oh, wow. uh, take, taking some of that education and then applying it uh, once they get into the air. So they'll they will be... An increase in uh, air traffic and uh, some unique training, I guess, on, on their part. I was in Duluth over the weekend, Tony. I think you can relate to this. And uh, my mom lives by the Air Force Base up there. And it's the just hearing the jets going over. <laughs> it's this weekend. Right. They must have been doing something because it was it was nonstop. They're always having fun in Duluth. Yes, the one forty seventh <laughs> is it or one forty? Yeah, yep. One forty eighth. One forty eighth. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, we'll be looking forward to hearing them around here then. <laughs> yeah, and the artillery will continue, as you said. Bada boom, bada bang. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I was curious, as you mentioned, the snowplows are not training. Will they be there sometime this fall? Uh, we're still uh, in, in communication with them about how things can change once the once some of these restrictions loosen up a little bit. But right now they're... Uh, they're going to hold off. I got an idea. Why don't we just cancel winter for this year due to COVID? <laughs> I, uh, sounds good. Yeah. Then we don't have to worry okay. about it. Uh, you guys have a higher rank than we do. Get working on that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, gentlemen, we uh, uh, really appreciate the fact that you take time out to talk to us today. As always, uh, we thank you for your service. And, uh, yes. Tony, I know we'll be talking to you again uh, next month. Uh, Sergeant Filsmeyer, thank you so much for spending some time with us here today. Perfect. Thank you, guys. I, I listen to you guys every morning. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Now we really got to say thank you for yes. your service. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> thank you for your support. Our pleasure. Thank you, guys. <laughs> All right. Our guest today, uh, Mr. Tony Housie, he's with the Camp Ripley Public Affairs Office, and First Sergeant Corey Filsmeyer, Camp Ripley Operations and Training. I'm Ken Thomas, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. And don't forget our Community Focus programs are available anytime on our website at 1067wjjy.com. And I'm Tess Taylor, reminding you you can always listen to through our free downloadable app. It's powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.